happy to be here tonight to pray for this Christmas that we begin in trusting that God will make his love manifest to all of you people. Cape Town, Cape Town, the Port Elizabeth, East London, Grandson, 
and to Durban, for Durban is where I thought it was going all the time. So I said, that's where Miss Nightingale is here, and I didn't know too much about my job, and I told my wife, she said, we would have had your services there, honey. I said, they'll be in Durban, Southern Odisha. So that's like saying, that is big Canada. Or I'm going to know what you're thinking. Well, Durban is not in Rhodesia, it's in South Africa. But I think Rhodesia, I think that's controlled by the Belgians, uh, and the South Africans controlled by British. And so that was certainly quite a... The people, I guess, thought they would have some doings over here in the United States, so they sent the mailings down to Durban, South Africa. And so then um, that night, uh, I was in the room and we had such a glorious meeting. The angel of the Lord had come down. The medical association called me up to have breakfast with them, give me the right hand of fellowship, put anything in our hospitals. It's a church to soul. Come on, anybody wants to come, come and pray for us. And Reverend Van, that's true divine healing. He said, we're not opposed to that. And I said, thank you. And so we, and all the newspapers were speaking, and now the Lord was blessing. It's kind of strange to have to move for many, many, many thousands of people. They couldn't get into the city. They had to go out and visit field of the place where they had a ground out there. And so, but I said, I'd like to go down to Cape Town. That's about as far south as you can go. And I'd go into the South Pole. I said, I'd like to go down there. So I said, so does it make any difference to me? And that night, the Jews were Lord appeared to me by vision. He said, don't go with them, man. He stayed right here for two more weeks. And then he went to this farm where the man comes to tomorrow, Mr. Jensen. And then from there, he went on over to, to Durban and stayed there at Well, little did I know that that was the only place that didn't have segregation. Well, one of my managers, a dame, a man, and brother Baxter said, well, you see the National Committee. Now, I went to see them and, oh, right, and you talk about going up. The new thing, they're in the middle of that ecclesiastical setup. So that's, no, sir, we're not going to do it. We're going to move on that way. I said, brother, the Lord told me not to do it. So I, I said, no, I can't do that. So I just refused to do it. Well, here they come the car and take me anyhow. And we're on the road down. I said, stop the car. I said, the Lord is telling me not to do this. So I stopped and a lot of in South Africa. And uh, so I pulled off some of the leaves off the local street, spread around over the moon and I said, in the name of the law, you can't take that trip. I said, it's not the Lord's will. Oh, yes, it is. And the moon, she got right back at me. One of them walked up and said, Brother David, don't you think God speaks to somebody else besides you? I said, Cora had that idea one time when he talked to Moses. The earth swallowed him up. I said, there's one thing I do know. I don't know what he's told you, but I know what he's told me. And I said, after I stood there for just two or four nights in Johannesburg, and you see the work moving and so forth, and then you tell me that I wouldn't know what God said. Mr. Baxter walked up the time, called me over to one side and talked to me. He said, well, we, this is all these men here. We're counting under, I said, but Brother Baxter, this is a vision from the Lord. He said, and I have no more to do with it. He said, it's a vision from the Lord. And I do this. And no thought he knew Brother Bosworth, a very fine Christian gentleman. And he was with us. He walked over to me and said, Brother Brandon, I think you're wrong, man. I said, Oh, Brother Bosworth. 
Mr. Baxter, which is right here now, sitting right back behind the platform here, can walk out into the testimony if there's any error to this. Mr. Jackson, he's sitting present and many others. And I'll walk into open waiting day up and tell him what the angel of the Lord said. Thank God he's stepping in because he was on the right side. So I walk in to where the man was. I woke them all up, Brother Bosworth, Brother Baxter, Brother Seth all of them. I said, I have the word from the Lord. He just met me in the room. Now he said we can go down there, but it will not be with the successful like it should be. And we're going to suffer, uh, I and myself, going to suffer a great loss, and you all are going to suffer too. And I said, because he told me that I was, was not obeying his orders, but he was permitted to be the for continuous reasons, except this stuff he's done that, but it's not his will, and I'll have to pay for it. And Brother Baxter, which is listening to me now, I said, just say it's the Lord. If we take that meeting, it'll be, when we go back to America, it'll be between six months and a year before we ever have another service. I said, something's fixing to happen. Watch in the street for it, the Holy Spirit came up on me, and I it was prophesying and said that there was a trap set for me in Africa. You mean now? Okay. Be back in two he called on a place to go. So, we, um, I went down, and I said, well, all right. We'll see what takes place. Brother Bosworth, a dear old man, like a daddy to me, he turned over and said, he said, Brother Bram, you're wrong. I looked at him and my heart just broke. No matter who it is, you've got to put your trust in God. And they're my own brother. And Brother Bosworth said, Brother Van, you're wrong there. He said, if you go down to take this to Peter and you go down to the you're going to see exceedingly, abundantly, above all, you know, his words. And I said, Brother Bosworth, do you need to tell me I'm speaking to you, Brother Bosworth, that God has appeared in his vision, which cannot fail. And he said, Brother Bram, the Satan, I read the book one time where Satan gives Adam a false vision. My brother, I said, Brother Bowser, you're sitting on a platform for the past five years now. And you've seen everything you know is perfect. I said, I don't know what Satan did to Adam, but I know this comes from God. And I said, now look at this, you, no matter who it is, when God tells you to do something, you do it. I don't care if it's your mother's daddy, if it's the pastor, if it's the prophet, or whoever it is, you listen to God. And you remember, I'm telling you, this is true. Witnesses are standing here. God is my witness. I said, all right, I told him what was going to happen. Went on out that morning when he went down there, turned up and sent back to one of his place for six, and a young fellow came up and went with Billy, you know, little. A black car, of course, you're not supposed to speak to me because the gun told me to get ready for the anointing to preach and to pray for the sick. And on the road, he picked up another boy on the road up, and Billy was all thrilled about that. And on the road, down, he turned around and said, Daddy, something is standing by you to lift his feet by a bridge. Put a lady with a white sapphire suit on, took his side and he said, Daddy, look at that man. What are you better than I said, you remember what I told you? A little fellow cried when he seen what the Lord had brought to the I said, you see, Paul, I can go, but Daddy suffered for this. Well, as we left there, we went to Christ's office. There trouble set in. First one thing and the other, one thing to their minister, 
that the brother came in to be like my church. About 15,000 people with a church that would feed about 500. No sooner he was going to get married place, they promised it would be in his church. And that's where he's going to be held. Brother Bosworth just struck off his hat and walked down the street. Brother Baxter walked away and he got him another place to stay. I said, Brother Bosworth, this is that exceedingly abundant and above all these people. And he said, you know what we're told you? It'll be this until we go home. I said, you see if it isn't. And Brother Baxter, he's near now as a witness before God and know this to be the truth, know that that is the truth. And there it just started from one thing to another justice. What was piling one on top of the other, one on top of the other, until we come back down to Cape Town, how the Lord blessed his, his power, his work, but not only just the thing, but when it came to the place that we started back up towards Grandstown, out of Port Elizabeth, Brother Baxter taken very sick. Very sick. Billy Paul taken very sick. Now we started with one thing piling on top of another. And then, after a while, I took him sick. I went to the Lord. He turned his back on me. We went on to Durban. I stood there. Under the inspiration, God brought 30,000 people in one order for me. He offered. Yes, that was God's grace. But me, I knew And then when we got to Durban, there was one place to let the, the black people and white people come together. What is found, the Holy Spirit knew that in the beginning. See? And so they were just as far as you could see people out on the big race track, just as far as you could see this solid mass of people for four city blocks down the street. They're just sitting, just like you're sitting here, blocked off in city blocks. Pouring down rain and so forth. They never noticed that. They just kept sitting there. But then when I got down for two, they let me stay here a while. They had the meeting already in just, I think, three days in Durban. Then I had to go come over to southern Odisha. Come up into Rodisha then. And then come back down to Pretoria to be up there two days. And so sick, I couldn't hold my head up. Then I went back to the moon, and all of us sick, and all tore up, everything gone wrong. I went back to the man, I said, Do you remember what I told you? Coming across the street, I said, Brother Baxter, you remember? When I got here to America, I come to find out that down there among the Indians somewhere, in there, it's setting parasites, sticking in the stomach, down to the intestinal tank, which is causing the disability, it's just about to die, every one of us. Sick, upset. Then God began to speak to me. Then I promised him as I walked the floor and crying, and we never had another meeting until it was between seven and eight months after me. I was so sick, I couldn't go. Just as sick, I just couldn't even raise my head up hardly. Just standing there waiting for God. And then one night he came down in the vision. Oh, you never know how it feels. He walked down there. I was laying in the room. He came to me and he said, Now, don't fear. My sin was forgiven. He told me what was going to happen. He said, now, it's going to go away from you. You'll be all right, but don't disobey no more. So what told you? He said, now, you're going to take a meeting and set me down. Again, it's Durban, uh, South Africa. Now, see a little meeting of many, many thousands fading into the booth to the west. Sitting before me, set tens of thousands of people. Then he told me, he said, turn to your right. 
And as I turned to my light, a great light came down from heaven, hung over where I was. It was an oscillating light, and in there were men just hurt like this, with something wrapped around, little skinny-looking men, with their hands up in the air, a crazy guy. And I said, they look like Indians. And then this light came down, an oscillating light, and went way back over the hills, and there were thousands, times thousands of them in there. And then I said, are they all black people? And he put it down in front of me, and there were white people. And I looked back this way, and there were Indian-type people. And I said, and then it came real close to me, and I heard the number that he called. He said, there's 300,000 of them in that meeting. Now mark that down in your book. The scripture is the meeting help that it consists of 300,000 people. That's before it comes to pass, as you might know. How many of you remember of the prophesying of a little boy who was raised about two years before he was raised in Finland? Hold up for him, you that know about it. Look at that the witnesses see. All just exactly what it would look like, where he would be, just how it would be. And he was laying here for around 30 minutes on the highway. Many of you remember this story. And how it was that? I said, an old fear in the voice of him. There with the city officials with their stamps, bringing them all off the day, government seals on a paper that had taken place. And a little boy being sick and killed. Down where the vision of the Lord came down, told about the other boy. You've heard the story many times no doubt in the book. Now, those things are what God says to me. Now the other day, when I, I wouldn't make a meeting until God spoke to me. And then I felt very definitely impressed about Hammond and the end. When I went out to Hammond to look around, well, I see the auditorium. Wasn't air conditioned. Everybody said, that's a graveyard. Don't you go there. Boy, if you go there, that, that's a real graveyard. Said, there's nothing there. Said, some fellow's done got in there, speaking about me, and he scattered the things for the carbon. Well, the Lord told me to go to Hammond. So I went to Hammond. He said, how long did you go to stay? I said, from one day till Jesus comes. I don't know. I said, now, don't never make a meeting any different time. Oh, I don't know. Just, I promised God, just as he would lead, I'd go. Before he ever he went. I, I don't, that's the reason I'm not with the voice of him. None of those papers. I don't have papers. No, sir. If I follow God, I ain't got time for papers. I got to do what he tells me to do. Some of these men can set the meetings for two or three years ahead. If they live it, that's their ministry. Mine's not that time for ministry. I've got to do what he says do. All of you realize that. And then he sent me to him. There's a meeting here down here in Baltimore, I believe it was, got an auditorium that seated 10,000 people absolutely free the whole month of July. Air conditioned, and 500 preachers signed up. I got the papers laying in my desk today. Some of them Methodist, some of them Baptist, and full gospel preachers. 500 of them to cooperate with the meeting. Brother Bosworth said, You can't teach that, Brother Graham. I said, God can. One place where he would tell me, I don't care if there's five people there. If he tells me to go, that's where I want to go. It isn't the idea of how many people there. It's the will of God we have under consideration. Now, these men who just pray for the sick and come up and they say, we'll be here in this year and we'll be over there at a certain date and their papers are going out. That's all right. That's their ministry. Mine's not that type of ministry. And so, I don't know where to go tomorrow and I, wherever the Lord is safe. And then, Brother Baxter said, there's many people here, some people from Battlefield, there's some people from over here and down here and up here at Minneapolis and all around, people from San Francisco and so forth. Great meetings to be said. I said, Brother Baxter, I have no meeting at all. 
Not at all. He said, well, let's go into Chicago. They got a great big place up there, a big arena of the place. I said, sounds all right. Then he started to go down there one day and said, well, shall I secure Mr. Bozo and some of the ministers was there? I said, no, better wait a minute. I took my wife and went down and put them over at the planetarium. They wouldn't look through there. I walked back, went over towards this place, and the Holy Spirit said, stay out of there. I stayed out too. I just bypassed it on by. So then, I didn't know why. I don't know. And he said, turn aside design. I promised one. Long time ago, when I was coming under obligation, I said, all right, I'll go over to Zion. And then Brother Baxter comes in and says, what about where are you going from here? I said, now, Brother Baxter, I have no reason. He said, Brother Brandon, if we get an auditorium, you've got, you got to place it down. And I said, yes, that's true. He said, well, what do you think about Battle Creek? He said, would you like to go up to Battle Creek? I said, the Battle Creek just as clear as you as any of us, And I said, I think it'd be all right. And, uh, and so he, uh, he said, well, I'll find out. And I think he wrote up to the ministers or called them up or something. Like that. He come back and said, you feel like you'd like to go to Battle Creek? I said, yes, I have two other considerations. One of them is Minneapolis and one of them is Battle Creek. I'm thinking on those two, praying about those two, but I don't know just yet. I said, I believe I feel a little more leading towards Battle Creek. I said, I'd rather go to Battle Creek. I believe because I've been in Minneapolis before. I said, he said, all right. So I'll make it Battle Creek. Well, I didn't know it was set up for a big, long time. So then, finally, I even told a baby's name. I said, we'll be home this coming Monday, if the Lord permits. I said, as far as I know, at, yeah, I, have, I said, I'll be right between the two places because I had a reason not to go to Battle Creek or to you over there because I've been there before. Well, about, about four days before I went to, then Brother Baxter said, Brother Jose said that we could have the auditorium of this church and his little auditorium going to come back every night before going over. I said, well, I'll take it under consideration. I said, now, we may be there one night. If the Lord says move, I, I go. He said, we better take, he said, we better take the church then. I said, all right. Yeah, I said, now, if it's all right, maybe one night. All right, we went on over there. We had a great rest for me. But before I went up there, one night I was laying there, and I was, I listened closely. This is a confession. And I, I went up way late tonight, people coming and everything. And I went to sleep, and I, I slept through the night, and about 5 or 6 o'clock at morning, I was awakened up by a terrible dream. I dreamed I'd seen a great big muddy wave coming and struck a little stone, and I know my wife was in there, and I ran in and grabbed her and got out of the place. And I said, oh, thanks to Lord. And I, I woke up, and I said, no, it's an awful dream. I looked over to her, and she was asleep, the babies were asleep. I said, well, now something happened right there. I don't know what it was. In a few moments, I said, well, this is strange. I was thinking about a dream that I had in my room. And here I am sitting here on a sailboat of holding my hands in real clear blue water, not muddy water, clear blue water. I was going up the street. Not, I thought, well, say, am I dreaming? And in just a moment, I heard something behind me making a noise going, put, 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 put. I thought, well, this, what, I, I don't understand it. It's like if I was somewhere else and say I was speaking on the microphone in the church just a few moments ago, see? Just, I thought this is strange. And it kept coming, I noticed there's a little something in the water plucking up that way, and it come up to me, and then turn that way. Then you go down, come back around this way, plus, 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 and then turn that way, and come back again. 
I said, I don't understand this thing. Something's very near me. So look at here. And I looked and the road turns to the right. No water. There's one turn to the left. So what it's trying to tell you, turn to the left. And then I said, well, what? I come to myself, I thought, hey, was that, was that a dream or did, it, did, I, did it the Lord come on me? The first time in all my life that ever did that. And I thought, well, that's the strangest thing that I ever seen. And I woke up my wife, I said, honey, something's happened. I don't know whether it's a lack of vision or whether I, I, I went to sleep, I don't know. I said, it seems too clear to be asleep, but I'm not sure. And I told him what it was. Or I said, when you think it was a dream, because I was awake, I said, I might have went back to sleep. So yeah, I said, I don't know, I can't tell what happened. In a few minutes, we went on out and we called out to breakfast, and after breakfast all day long, I kept saying, I bet you keep staying with me. I tried to throw it off my mind. He said, oh, I just dreamed that. You can't cut confidence in the dream, you know that. So I, I just, so that's a dream, that wasn't that, but I said, it, it still was there with me. When I got over to Chicago, I called Brother Baxter, and I said, Brother Baxter, the strange thing, something tells me it turns in my head. I said, I don't know, and he said, well, he's in a hurry, and it went on. We come over here, and then, when I got over here, the Holy Spirit caught me the other day. I told you to turn to your left. But then, in my room, I've been kind of perplexed about the way things are going. It didn't seem like the Spirit of God was operating right in the meeting. But the back comes come to Brother Brown. I said, yes. I said, now, of course, the gift of God, that operates anywhere. That's just calling to that repentance, you see. God always holds you responsible for what you do with it, see. And uh, so then I said, there's something wrong. I said, a little auditorium won't see the work. 2,500 people. There's that little group. I said, but that was it, Brother Baxter. I said, there's something wrong. The Holy Spirit said, Brother Brown, I can't even speak. And I said, I don't know what's wrong. And I said, I, I can't tell you. And I said, well, I'm taking tomorrow afternoon and closing myself up and stay before God. And that's when he told me. I repented. Then we called the minister. And one of the ministers, Brother Flo, came up. Brother Baxter said, will you speak to him? I said, yes, I'll speak to Brother Flo. I said, Brother Baxter, I don't know. And then I said, here I stood up and revealed to me coming up to that lake, Michigan, that blue water turned that way. I said, certainly. I don't know what in the world is not me, Brother Baxter. I didn't recognize that provision. I said, I... I've asked God to forgive me. I've asked Him to forgive me. You know this to me uh, in the beginning of the week. I said, I don't know why I ever did that. Then Brother Flo came up. He's sitting in the room as a gallant pastor of any group of people. He discussed it and he said, Brother Brandon, I, have, I, I know that God did this. I said, I'm not disputing your word, Brother Flo. He said, but look here. Then Brother Baxter said, now, Brother Brandon, we got the minister, this brother here, under consideration. I said, yes, that's right, for the rest of the cooperating ministry, 14 churches. We got that under consideration. I said, that's right, sir. Just then the Holy Spirit, I felt it. If you bring me to be God's servant, you listen to me now. God Almighty had permitted me to be kind of mixed up in that vision for the first one in my life to get me right back on the same pinnacle that I was at Park South Africa. There I was, the ministerial group, and this all under consideration, and even the marriages speaking towards the ministerial group, and here I was standing here to make my choice to serve God, do what God did, or do what the ministry said to me. That was my place. I, the grace of God came down. I said, brethren, 
I love you. We know that, and God knows that with all my heart. I said, but the Holy Spirit tells me to go yonder on the other side of the lake. And I said, I'm not going to do like I did in Africa, wait for something happening. I said, I'm going to the other side of the lake. So then, uh, I said, I love you. God knows that, but I must be obedient to God. Now, I promised him I'll never do it again. Now, I said, I must do it. Now, I said, now, Brother Baxter, in confirmation, give a ring over there. And just as he gave the ring over there, they were waiting for him. The auditorium was so perfect. Waiting. See how it was? Just a gentle. I said, now, we don't want to leave these other things like this. We'll finish out the week with them here. Now, Brother Flo, I guess he's sitting somewhere now listening to me, and he's a very fine Christian gentleman. And he was fine for his church, of course, and for his Christians. And if the people here, he said he told the people this meeting, and so forth. I said, he said, what will I do about the public? Now, I know that was a hard thing. As he stepped in the middle, that was a slip up on Brother Baxter. He certainly made the meeting like that in the beginning. He should have said it just like we had an agreement to, but he seen the other meetings that went all the way through, thought maybe this would be the same. So he said, and he, of course, he said he didn't mean, he said, from this on, I'll never do to set that up like that again. I'll let it be according to the Holy Spirit. Then, notice what's taking place. Then to come to Brother Phil, he said, look, I can't understand, Brother Brennan, that why that God would answer our prayer and then make all these things possible here and then turn around and send this. I said, Brother Flo, you know what you need here in this city? I hear we are, friends. I am responsible to God. What you need in this city is a good old kind gospel Holy Ghost person in this city. You need a revival, not a human service. You need a revival to get people back on the spiritual line. Now, seriously, now, I love you, but remember, friends, I'm duty bound to Jesus Christ. You need a, a revival, see? I said, look at here. Do you? He said, well, the Christians might understand, but said, really? I said, look at Philip, having the biggest revival he ever had, and the Holy Spirit told him, get out of there and go out to the desert gate. Is that right? He never returned back no more. He went on, the Holy Spirit told him, wait, and left that meeting standing. Philip, it's the revival, has his revival. Now, I said, and also, he turned around, and the Holy Spirit first moved over to Brother Baxter. I've seen that light move down in the room. Moved over to Brother Baxter. I thought he was going to have me say something to Brother Baxter, but it switched and come to Brother Flo. I've seen now what he was doing. I said, now, Brother Flo, the scripture you're thinking of now, you're that by that Isaiah that went up to Hezekiah. That's what I was. That's exactly confirmation. The Holy Spirit there to prove. I said, look here, there's a real scripture. I said, God told Isaiah, go up there and tell the king Hezekiah, set your house in order, for you're not coming off this bed, you're going to die. Is that right? Now, let's just take this just for a moment. Now, the first thing you know, here comes all the people here at the high up here, saying they're the king's palace. There's the guards at the gate. There's the poor people on the outside listening. Here goes the prophet in the seat for the word of the Lord. Comes back out here, all the delegates of the king sent there saying, Prophet of God, we know that the Lord of the Lord dwells in you. What about the king? He's not coming off of that bed. Just ask the Lord. He's going to die on that bed. All right, that settled it. Walked on out to the gate, and I see the gate and say, Prophet of God, 
What saith the Lord concerning our king? He's a righteous man, he's a godly man, and he's laying there on the bed. What saith the Lord concerning him? Thus saith the Lord. He's going to down that bed and not come off the bed. That's going out into this poor, poor place of people. All of them stand out there weeping over the righteous king laying on the bed. Confident of the Most High God. They had confidence in him. Isaiah with his presence to the prophet. said, What does the Lord say? Prophet of God, who the Lord is in his mouth. Tell us what the Lord says about our king. Just praise the Lord. He'll die on that bed. He's not coming off the bed. You think the prophet is telling the truth? Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly. He said, Lord, consider me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. He prayed for 15 years more of life. Then, when the prophet had gone, I watched God's order. Why didn't he speak right back to Hezekiah? Hezekiah was talking to him. That wasn't his order. Do you think Hezekiah was a righteous man? How many believe that raised your hand? Sure he was a true worshiper of God. And he's talked face to face with Jehovah. You believe that? Jehovah heard his prayer. Well, why didn't you say, now look, Hezekiah, I heard you. Now you're coming off the bed. Now Isaiah's done went out and made all that prophecy, but I'm, I, I'm telling you you're going to come off the bed. Why didn't you do that? That wasn't God's way of doing it. He went back out to the prophet and said, return and tell him that I heard his prayer and go to now, here comes the prophet walking back. Oh, we're so right. Well, no, Isaiah has to go back to face those people. No, uh, it's been changed now. It's been changed now because uh, he's, going to, he's going to live and not die. Walks into the judgment. What about it, Isaiah? What, what's the matter? He's going to live and not die. Walks on into the up and up. What about it? He's going to live. As he just said, he's going to die. Is that right? What makes the difference? Prayer changes things. Is that right? From death unto life. Prayer changes. There was a prophet who was very much embarrassed. No doubt to go back as far as the people were concerned. But he had to do what God told him to do. Now look. Something is going on around. You always speak the face of God. And I don't care who tells you anything contrary to what God tells you. Don't you believe it and you will obey God. Will you do it? I don't care who he is, how righteous he is, how much of a pastor he is, how much of a preacher. Well, he's a prophet. He may be son of God, a real, true, ordained prophet of God. But if God tells you something contrary to that prophet, don't you believe the prophet? You believe God. How many believe that's true? Read First Kings 13. A young prophet went out and prophesied against the all Bethel there, done some miracles, and the Lord said, Don't you eat or drink, and come back another way from the way you went in. And a real prophet of God went and deceived that prophet. Is that right? Might as well be truthful. He said, The angel of the Lord met me and told me to tell you to come to my house. He met me after he met you. And the prophet, breathing that prophet, Turned and went back. What happened to him? A lion killed him. Is that right? And the old prophet went over. Sure, because he listened to a man instead of God, no matter who says anything, believe God first. And God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same healer yesterday, today, and forever. 
Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. Do you believe that? Then take no matter what person says divine healing is not right, what person says this is not right, take God at His word. He said, let every man's word be a lie and mine be true. Is that right? Now, you can't blame me, friends, for not doing what God said to do. I believe the real true Christian would say, Brother Bram, our prayers are with you. So do God's will. For some of these days, I've got to stand yonder, and I believe that that decision that I made in that room the other morning was between a long spell of, I don't know what would have happened, to just say that right there. By God's grace it was. But God let me go right back to that same space, the same thing, the same kind of, just everything, just exactly the same. Right back to that same spot and dropped everything away from me to stand there alone to make my decision. God be thanks for all my heart. My decision was according to the will of God. I believe it with all my heart. That'll fit. You might not understand this. I love you with undying Christian love. And God knows as far as that's the truth. It is the truth. But look, I trust that God will give you the opportunity by His divine will to return here to Battle Creek someday. There's nothing else to preach the gospel for a while here in Battle Creek. I love you. Don't let this reflect on your pastors and no one. It was just a first paper to be set up like this. It's just a little error amongst their understanding. And this was... But any time in a meeting, my manager knows this to be true, if God could call me out and be it right then, regardless of how much set up or whatever it was, I must obey God. How many of you think that I did right? Thank you. Now, Brother Pastors, you see, 100% over the building. I knew if the Christians would see what was the truth, they'd believe. You pray for me, friend. My God, who I stand before knows tonight, that if it was, I know it was divine will, I would like to stay right here in this city for the next six or eight weeks. Till I see this whole thing broke in a revival that would sweep the whole city. I would like to see it. God knows that. And I'm just as willing, but I must be flexible in His hands to do just what Philip would have stayed in Samaria. Very happily ready to stay. What a revival he's having. Preaching and healing, demons screaming, and people confessing their sins. And God told him not out there to go out to the desert to meet one colored man coming down from Ethiopia. Is that right? And then let him go back no more. What told him? The angel of the Lord appeared to him. Is that right? The Philip, come out now and go out and live a Is that right? Now the same God that lives in, lives in. He does the same thing with his same nature. God does work in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Order into scripture, they're just in. And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the, uh, the lake of Zephyr and saw two ships standing by the lake, for the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into the one ship, one of the ships, which was Simon. I've got ink marks over that, and he's talking with Mark County. One of my favorite texts. Which was Simon. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. 
And he sat around and talked to people out of the ship. Wouldn't you like to have been there to hear that? Been wonderful. Now, when he had left off speaking, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for the drum. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we called all night to take nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. And when he had this done, he enclosed a great multitude of pieces, and the net break. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Then Simon Peter saw it, or pardon, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drop of pieces which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and were the partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch man. And when they had brought their, their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. This is the word I leave with you. Look at those people, just a minute. Look at them. Call all night through the lake. They were fishermen. They know the change of the moon. They know the time of water. And they've stained all night. Commercial fishermen. And have taken nothing. What a discouraging time. Got out, washing them up, setting down the bank. Let's drama just a minute. Look coming yonder. I see a young man in his thirties. Coming, walking down the bank, I imagine he looked a little older because he studied his ministry with the spring this morning. Come walking down the bank, two or three men walking with him. And I can look way back up on the hill along there at the feet of the fishermen things along there to say, There is that prophet of Galilee. Let's go down and see what he will say. They gathered up to the bank. I looked sitting on the log up there, and there's Simon and them, washed their necks, discouraged. They pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He said, can I use your boat just a moment? He jumped, got in the boat, they pushed out a little bit. Then as he got to speaking, to come here, Simon, you are. God never borrows nothing from you unless he pays you for it. Is that right? He said, come here. Now press out into the deep and let down to take the whole bureaucracy. Now Simon said, now Lord, we've seen through these waters all night. We haven't taken a thing. We've caught nothing. We know we're a fisherman. We know this thing. We were raised here. Our fathers were raised here. And we've taken nothing from it. And there's just no fish in that water. Oh, my. But nevertheless, at thy word, I'll lay it. There you are. And when he let the net down, it finally fell down. He began to pull in a tug. When he pulled the pieces, he began to feel them flopping. Where did he come from? How did he get there? If there was no peace in the water, taking God at his word will bring peace in the water. Look, friends, you might have seen to every doctor's office in this country. You may have been every clinic that's been around here. The very best of our beloved doctors might have given you the last prescription they can. 
you've done everything. You might have been to this prayer line, that prayer line, this prayer meeting, this. What do you say tonight? This is Saturday night. Tomorrow is Sunday. Let's say this. Lord, I've done all, but at thy word, I'm going to let him in that tonight. Tonight I'm going to believe. This is the time when I'm going to take you to your word. When you said, well, I swear everything you desire when you pray, believe you, receive it. When you shall have it, I'm letting you down tonight, Lord. Every doubt, every fear, and at your word, I'm coming, Lord. Can you do it? Let's bow our heads, Heavenly Father, now I may your Holy Spirit meet in a miraculous way. God, here's the people in on this tonight, there's cops, wheelchairs coming in. Oh, God, may they be looking to go home. May they go home walking, sleeping, praising God. And may because of this peculiar situation just here, may there be something happen tonight, Lord, that will start this a revival roaring in this city that we won't take God's service here, Lord. The Holy Spirit will be here. If they'll just pray through tonight and get the victory, and tomorrow morning they'll be on the street testifying and walking up and down the street glorifying God, and may there be an old-fashioned revival break out here that would close every bootleg joint. God, close up these places that's open tonight and make mothers and boys become Christians and those daughters that's walking the streets and the way they're doing God. May there be something happen before judgment comes. Grant it, Lord. And help me tonight as my in the ministry that thou hast divinely ordered and thou knowest my heart that I'm trying to be true to the heavenly vision. And now, Father, grant the great signs and wonders will be wrought while we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me for taking so long. We'll go right through the prayer line praying for the sick. Like evening, I ask you this. I said, do you want me to pray for the sick? Just bring the people to and pray for them? I think that's what he wanted. But I ask you, your choice is the other way then. If you don't get in the prayer line, you have to accept it out there where you have to. So now, it's your choice, not mine. It's yours. All right. Now, may the Lord bless you. All right. Get me behind you. Uh, all right. Did you get out the prayer cards a while ago? Let's start at 50 tonight. You take, how many have we been calling 50? Let's call about 25 tonight. See if we can get a little bigger line. The whole 50, if we can get them standing, but I doubt whether we can get through them all in that kind of a line. If you want to, we can take, let's see what 25 would be to start. Who's got the prayer card B or E? E50. Who's got prayer card E50? Now we can get started. E50. 51, 52, 53, on up for the first 25, up to 75. Line up right here according to your numbers on this side. And now, now look around at one of the square cards. Here's one of them on here, see? It's got... Very sick. 
She made me eat up a cancer. There might be something wrong with her. It'll take her life. She might have heart trouble. If it is, that's number one enemy. Don't worry, when you're going. That is your child's mother you'd be very sincere. If it was you, you'd be very sincere. So pray. Remember somebody. Somebody. All right. Now, lady, I want you just to talk to me. Just, have you been with me before? This is your first night to be a well-done kind. They'd be a little strange to you. Do you ever read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Your sister was healing my meeting three years ago. Where was that at? Oh, was it trouble? Her sister flew into one of my meetings over a thousand miles. We flew her in three years ago and was healed in the meeting with a cancer lumped on the breast and she's never been bothered since. Then you would believe. Did she tell you how the meeting worked, how the Holy Spirit moved in the meeting? Know the secrets of the heart? Probably that's what happened here. Right. Said that told her what was wrong with her. Had prayer and it left her. Now, that same Lord Jesus is here tonight. He knows all things. And do you remember in the Hebrew? Of course, you have to know it was God. And you're, you're aware now that something is just a platform. You, you know that something, that you're in the presence of a sacred, holy being, not your brother, of course, but it's a conscious of man, like you're a woman, but it's a spirit being. You're conscious of that. You, you know. Well, now, I don't know you've never seen me in my life, but the, God knows me. And if this is the anointing of the Holy Spirit here, then He can reveal to me, if, if He has told me back there for a channel to work through, then He can reveal to me just what He wants. Or He can stop it up, don't reveal nothing. Or He can tell you just what He wants you to know. Is that right? Yes. Now, He was the same talking to a woman one time. And He said, He asked her for a drink, and you know how the story goes. He said, well, Jesus, he said, well, if you and me were talking to you, ask me for a drink. And when he went to the conversation, as we talked for a little while, he went right straight to where trouble was. He said, go get your husband. He said, I have none. He said, yeah, I said, well, or you have five. He said, I perceive that you're a prophet. And he ran into the city and said, come see a man who told me all the things I ever done. This is this a very fine. And Jesus entered into the city. He never performed no miracles, if you understand. He was leaving that for Philip to do that talking. He just went in there and began to talk to him. And they said, now when that said, we believe him because we've heard him talk. Now because the woman said so, but because we've heard him ourselves, we believe that he is here to turn And that broke the knee or the ground, and Philip went out and preached and healed the people. See, Jesus had another way of doing it. He knew he sent Philip. Now he's the same Jesus tonight. Is that right? Yes, he's able to be in this picture. Now, whether he, he's able to, now, I want to correct you something. Is it all right? See, he is only not able to do it. He has already done it. See, it's your faith to believe it or accept it. 
something. He has already done it. He couldn't do more about it because there was, there was a penalty of sickness thing between God and man. Jesus stepped right in and was beaten across the back. By his stripes, we were healed. That's already paid for. It's just our unbelief. Jesus said, If thou can believe, all things are possible. There it is. There's a checkbook of my name signed on it. Just fill it out and send it to your father. You'll recognize it. Isn't that simple? Now look, ladies. The reason I've been taking quite a little time with you, I, I see something pass by me. Now, I, you know I don't know you, but haven't you been to a hospital several times or something? Just four times at a hospital. I see you go in, come out, go in and out like that different times. Is that right? And um, don't you have some kind of an inward trouble, like a female trouble in the inward part? And you have also, you have colitis in, in the in second part. Is that right? If that's right, raise your hand. Oh, sister. How would I imagine the threatening? And you know that something present place, you don't even feel like you did a few moments ago. Is that right? If that's right, raise your hand. See, what it is, the angel of the Lord was here speaking, and it was moving to you. Now, if I could only get your face to agree that, it would be all right, see. And just as soon as the vision went off, a feeling changed, you felt real life. Well, is that right? That's when you were here. Your, your faith is basic. You believe that, didn't you? And while I was talking, I don't know. Perhaps while I was talking, because you heard my voice, but that wasn't me. That was that feeling that you had. That's what it was, see? It was moving to it. Now, you go home, the colitis is going to leave you, and your other trouble, you go home, be well. Give my congratulations to your sister, and the Lord Jesus bless thee, my dear sister. Everyone believe? Now, what would be hindering everybody from this tabernacle or this church tonight to be healed right now? Couldn't it be healed just now? Sure, you should be healed right now. Believe with all your heart. You don't have a prayer or you do. Now, are, are we strangers? So how long ago was that been? Eighteen. Oh, eighteen years ago. Uh, you were here with cancer eighteen years ago. Some, someone prayed for you in the team. I want to ask you a question. I think something. Now, what happens in the same heaven? You know what I'm talking about. That's it on God. And you've got the same thing again. You've got cancer again. Is that right? And you're ready for surgery right now. Is that true? All right. Is that true? Look, ladies. Look, ladies. Death knocks at your door. 
You believe this prophet? You return to God and God will return to you. But see, that, that's true, lady. I, what I mean is, you don't understand what backsliding, don't mean to be, you don't come away from your trip. If a man, I'm a little bit of a Calvinist, not that radical kind, but I'm Calvinistic. A man's born again, but you backslid away from your calling from God. Isn't that right? And you should have went and done something that you felt like that you wasn't able to do. Who made me? That's right. How do you believe? All right, thank you. You now say to God, if He'll let you live and not die, that you'll serve Him all the days of your life, and will go do what He asks you to do, you will. That's our hope. Heavenly Father, Knowing standing here, the woman, knowing and realizing the presence of the great Almighty God, I pray, dear Jesus, that you will help her. And tonight, forgive her, Lord. You know, Paul said, Woe unto me, if I preach not the gospel of Christ. And Lord, here she backslid on your promises and went back. Now, Father, I pray that you'll forgive her of everything and take her tonight at her word, and she comes to you with her hands up and tears down her cheeks, asking, Lord, to remember her, for we realize that she can't live very much longer like this. And, Father, upon her confession, upon her heart's desire, I ask this demon of cancer that it will move back from her in the name of Jesus Christ to give her this chance of life. God bless you, lady. Go rejoice and let me hear what happens to you. Let's say praise be to God. All right, Billy. You no, know, I ever want to be irreverent. That I mean, it's got a guest here, don't Almighty God, author of life, giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon this man. This death spirit moving up to him is cold, taking being, moving up close to him, knowing that he's got to come out of this man. He's standing in your presence. And Lord, we're believers. We believe that what you said is true. You said when the death spirit went out of the man, he hear. And Lord, we believe that. And you said I'll give you power as you go forth and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We believe that. And you said whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. Therefore, Lord, by the commission of an angel, I ask for mercy for this man. Thou death spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I say, leave the man, come out of him. How long did you do this? All right, raise your hand. Been this way for about 15 years. Amen. Amen. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I love you. I love you. You've been kind of nervous too, haven't you? Like a prostate trouble. It left you the same time. Kind of getting up and things like that. And you know what I mean. I've gone from you, brother. You're here now. I've gone to go to your 
Let's say praise the Lord. All right, then. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Oh, uh, how can you keep from believing? Why do you doubt longer? What can our Lord do any more than what he's doing? He's wonderful. You believe? Something's happened, has it, brother? You hear me all right now? Can you wave your hand like that so you can see me? All right. Here you go. That man said he had to see you. like to get over something to you, wouldn't he, sir? Do you believe he to be his prophet? Do you have a prayer card? Do you have a prayer card? Well, just while you're saying that, I don't want you to use it then. You have a devil hernia, don't you? A rupture, hernia. Is that right? Can you raise your hand? See, the man sitting out on the other side of you has a hernia also on the other side of you on that side. Isn't that right, sir? All right, raise your hand up at that time. A man standing here right now was hauling around down the street. They had a great big rush that ever did disappear. It's gone from you. Go now. Have faith in God. Little lady who was over you a few weeks ago, I know what your disease is. If you will believe with all your heart, God will heal you. Do you believe? That arthritis is. Is that right? Wave your hand like that. All right. He's done healed you, so you won't have to come to prayer home. He's going home. You're over your arthritis. Have faith in God. He is wonderful. All right. Give that faith. I mean, the lady that you. All right. You, um, I want to ask you a few questions as I speak to you. You're just some woman who's got a fair card and come up here on the line. There's something strange about the truth. I see it right now. What's your nationality? It's kind of strange to you, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that. Now, do you really see who Jesus Christ? I know, ladies. Hello. You're troubled, you're having trouble in your shoulders, in your side, your back, is that right? And then you've got a burden on your heart because you've got a young daughter, and that young daughter has got this paralyzed, has got paralysis or something, is that right? If that's all true, raise your hand, you know, will you accept Jesus Christ now as your Savior and your healer for you and daughter both? Will you do it? Your orthodoxy is gone, you become a Christian in Jesus Christ, and go and may it be as you have been. Let's say praise be to God. The word sin appears on the other seat for the Holy Spirit. Nothing. He knows what has happened. That's right. God did the work just then. All right, come, ladies. Don't fear. That faith. God's going to do something for you, sister. The miraculous. Have faith. Believe me as it's prophet. The same spirit that's up on the Hebrew prophet is the same spirit here now. And God takes his prophet, but never his spirit. It moves on. When one dies, the spirit comes on another. It goes on. In every generation, he had some. Have faith in 
You are the patient lady. Yeah. All right. Do you believe? Do you believe that God will reveal your troubles to me? And that's all I can do by the gift. Is that right? Now look. You are a believer. Deal with the spirit. And now look. You are... You have a, a, a nervous condition. A, a strain which is due to the time of... It is with you. And, uh, and then another thing is you've got a stomach trouble. Is that right? That's right. And your nervous is, has caused the stomach trouble, which is an ulcer in the stomach, all this sound and so forth, and the swelling, sometimes swelling of the heart, and, and your mental conditions, and that you feel strained and upset all the time, depressed. Is that right? And many times Satan told you you cross over the line, and all those things. Is that right? But he lies. He's lying. Jesus Christ that healed you. Do you believe that? Go eat what you want to then. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the heart comfort. You believe? Sir, do you believe with all your heart? What if the Holy Spirit, that what you feel now, would come near? And say to you like you did the woman at the well, her greatest trouble. You tell her what her greatest trouble was. Would you believe me? Stephanie, don't you have something wrong? It's either in your throat or it's in your chest one. I see Sunny coughing. It's, it's, it's asthma. Is that right? Is that right? All right. Well, the fact one can punch you, Jesus, I'm over it. Well, the fact one couldn't God praise. It'll leave you never bother you no more. Come here. Oh, how he moves to get the people to believe. Young man, look at you, you're very young, soft to be standing in What do you think about Jesus Christ? You love him. Is he the Son of God? Is he your healer? Yes. He can make you go that stomach trouble right now. Is that right? Well, then go eat what you want to. Yes, Come, little lad. Young savages, do you believe? You go to Spanish school. You love the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you like to serve him all the days of your life? If he let you get well, will you do that? So only for his glory let you do it. All right, let's get this. Come here, this man. Lord, your heart. Well, just a few moments ago, when I was speaking to someone here, you standing back down the line like that second lady standing back there now is, the same thing. We were very alarmed when I told the lady about what kind of feeling she was having of a nervous condition. Is that right? Because you had exactly the same thing. Is that right? Now, you believe you're going to make me well, but what you want me to do is pray for you. That's what you're thinking about. I'm not reading your mind, but that's what you're thinking. You think, if you go to pray for me, come to your mind right quick. Is that right? That's right. You can't hide those thoughts if any present. Now come here. Because that's what you have to have to be well. And you're going to receive it. I believe it all night. Dear Heavenly Father, seeing that the woman has that point of contact, that I must pray for her, keeping it right out of her mind as she was going to, and she was taking her head otherwise, I praise God that you will heal her. And now, 
this devil, this thing is trying to make her lose her mind. I say to thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of the woman. Now look, sister. Go home. You're going to get well. You believe me? If God knew what you were and what you are, if he knows what you will be, you're going to be all right and go home. God knows All right, come here. Do you believe with all your heart? You believe that he would make you well. You have number one in heart trouble. Is that right? Please. All right. Do you believe?